Hello, soccer fans, and welcome to episode four of the EPL show on the Barnhart Sports Network, a podcast series that is for the people, by the people. I am your host, as always, Pete B., a.k.a. Chuck Rudolph, a.k.a. Bucky Chucky on DraftKings. And let me introduce you to my partner in crime. He is the Sultan of Showdown Soccer, the Prince of the Pitch, the former St. Gregory the Great, Pius XI, and UW-Whitewater defensive back. He is Justin J-Bone Lon Carrick. What is happening, J-Bone? Hey, guys. J-Bone here. Thanks, Pete, for the great intro. Couldn't go undefeated like we did week one, but uh, week two was not terrible. Not terrible, small profits. So we'll see what week three brings for us. Yeah, week two, you know, it's it's always a little bit of a, a mixed bag after, after the first week. You know, you don't want to play too much into overreactions. Uh, it's tough to get a read on certain teams, but I think all in all, the at least the best bets that you threw out there, they did go one and one, but there was some plus money on a money line there. So if people did play that, they ended up ahead and there were a lot of other winning picks that, you know, we kind of threw out there throughout the course of the pod. So I do want to add that this being episode four, a lot of people didn't think we would make it to episode four of the EPL show. And guess what, folks? We have done it, and we are moving along strong. And not only are we on the fourth episode, we are now being listened to in four different countries. Shout out to, of course, the United States of America, the greatest country in the world. And then also we have listeners in the United Kingdom, Canada, and India. So shout out to all those awesome people for giving us a listen, supporting the pod, and uh, you know, liking liking what we're doing so far. That's awesome. Thanks, guys. Love seeing it's worldwide. All right, so let's dig into week two. We're going to kind of do a little rapid-fire breakdown here. We don't want to spend too much time on each game. But the first game that we had on the slate was the Saturday early morning game where we saw Liverpool win 2 to nothing against Burnley. They covered as massive home favorites, minus 525 on the money line. The goal line did come in at minus one and a half. That was juiced high up to minus 200, but that pick felt very safe throughout. And one of the, the angles that we had touched on that we thought would be the most profitable spot here was the under the game which came in at plus 140. J-Bone, uh, what'd you think of this one? Yeah, Liverpool came out hot. They scored a goal right away in the first half. I was scared when we were all over the under that uh, Very game was going to get <laughs> yeah game was going to get out of hand quickly and early. But uh, the under prevailed. It uh, held on nicely. Two all result for Liverpool. That minus two hundred goals home goal spread of minus one and a half was 
I mean, do it was pretty solid there, but uh, yeah, very, very to script game, low scoring match. Um, happy the under hit. Yeah, kind of exactly how we, you know, had broke it down the week prior. And I, you know, I've been posting like some bets that I make out there on Twitter and, and the, the one bet that I didn't post out there that, you know, I had told you that I'd made that morning is I took two different unders in this game. I took the under three and a half. I think that was like minus 150 or something like that. And then I also took this under two and a half at plus 140 and Liverpool, I think they were about to score their second goal in like, it was only like the 20 or 30th minute and it got called off because of VAR. And it was like, oh, thank you, because (laughs) Liverpool really looked strong in this game. Um, They dominated and they held on for the win. So moving to our next game, it was Aston Villa taking on Newcastle and Villa won two, nothing. Uh, one of your best bets was the over on this game of two and a half minus one thirty. That did not come in, but, um, it definitely felt like it should have, didn't it? Unfortunately, VAR VAR was involved again. Uh, this time, not for the better. It helped us out with the under and the Liverpool Burnley did not help us out in this match. Newcastle was given a penalty kick and to make it three goals, hit the over of two and a half. And unfortunately VAR came into effect and they, they brought out the ruler. They, they realized the toenail was offside and called it for offside and did not hit the over. So unfortunately best bet loss, but uh, nice result for Villa there. Yeah, good result for Villa. I I did take uh, Villa on the money line there at minus 120. That was one thing that I I really liked. And Villa looked, they looked good. The first, like, maybe 20 minutes of the game, Newcastle actually, I think, was threatening. And it took Villa a little bit of time to get going. But once they did, uh, they got a lot of weapons on offense there. Yeah, Villa looks solid. First, second match of the season. They got their first win of the year at home. They're home again this week, so we'll see if they can repeat performance. All right, then our next game, we saw Crystal Palace battle to a nothing-nothing draw against Brentford. The first draw of the season cashed at plus 215. Uh, The under obviously came in under two and a half. And Brentford covered the goal line plus a half. That was minus 240. I don't think there's really a whole lot to say about this game. I don't. I didn't watch any of it at all. I you probably didn't either. Uh, no, not not a ton of it. Saw the highlights. Um, I mean, pretty even match. I was happy to see Brentford get their get their fourth point of the year. Yeah, their second, second consecutive exactly second result in a row. Um, yeah, decent, decent match by Brentford. Uh, very even, very even their goal attempts. Brentford doubled Crystal Palace 14 to seven, but, uh, overall very evenly matched teams. Yeah. Quality by Brentford to be able to get that point, uh, their first road game of the season uh, in the premier league at that, Our next game was Leeds taking on Everton, and we saw another draw, this time at 2-2. to 
and the draw came in at plus 250. Uh, Everton was kind of a lean of yours. And I know you threw out liking the goal line. Um, I'd mentioned maybe you could take either the draw or the money line and get a little better odds there. The draw did come in. The goal line came in. If anyone played that, this game was real nice for them. Uh, high scoring game. Very high scoring. Another very evenly matched game. There were 17 goal scoring opportunities on both sides. I mean, the 2-2 result absolutely makes sense. One thing I did notice looking at the box score and the stats is uh, Leeds had 70% possession. That's quite a bit for a team that usually likes to counterattack, usually likes to play an open pace style, going to High, high octane attack and sitting back on defense sometimes with just a few players. But yeah, the 70% possession was kind of interesting to see, but uh, absolutely the result 2-2 makes sense. Very even match. Yeah, I would say if you're Everton, you, you like getting getting that, that point on the road there. If you're Leeds, still start the year off one point. Not the greatest of starts. We'll see if fortune can change for them. Our next game was an absolute blowout. Manchester City as the largest favorite on the day. Defeated Norwich City 5-0. This was a blowout. I don't think it was close. It was never close. It was never going to be close. Yeah, you hit it right on the head. The first goal, Tim Cruel got the own goal, credited for the own goal there. I thought that was absolutely harsh. His defender, Gabriel Jesus, crossed the ball in. The defender tried clearing it, but uh, smashed the ball right into Cruel's face. And uh, somehow they credited with Cruel with an own goal there. Grealish, the guy we've been, for lack of better words, bashing this entire podcast, did get his first goal, but yep. it was not a pretty one. Absolutely not <laughs> it was, sexy in any way. It was uh, a, a, a right place at the right time. <laughs> sort of <laughs> exactly. Sort of deal. Deflection. He, he knew not, not much about it, but uh, was able to get the ball in the net, which mattered most. Yeah, Man City, uh, nice, nice rebound after that that first defeat against Tottenham. Uh, the over easily covered. It was three and a half. That was the highest over under on the slate, and Man City cashed the minus two and a half goal line. Our next game, we saw Brighton start the season with their second consecutive victory. They defeated Watford 2-0. They were minus 135 at home. The under hit, that was minus 150, but Brighton covered on the goal line at minus a half. Anything of note in this one? Not too much to note. Uh, Just kind of surprising, though. The home teams absolutely dominated on Saturday. They four wins, two draws. No losses. They were undefeated. The home teams have been dominant so far this season. Uh, does not it did not hold true on Sunday 
we'll talk about those games shortly. But uh, yeah, Saturday, great result for each home team. So moving to Sunday, the first game Sunday morning was Southampton taking on Man U. And this game didn't go the way that we expected it to. Uh, Southampton and Man U battled to a 1-1 draw. The draw hit, it was plus 320. The third draw on the weekend, the under hit at plus 115. And Southampton covered the goal line, plus a half was plus 120. This two consecutive games where Man U has come out rather slow in the first half, looked really good in the second half. Unfortunately, this week, they only were able to muster one goal, though. Well, technically speaking, they did score two goals. One was an own goal by Fred. So (laughs) if you want to say it, give them a little bit more credit than they should. Uh, They did score two goals. But yeah, one was own goal. They got the draw this match. They did have way more goal scoring opportunities, goal attempts than Southampton. They had 15 compared to eight. Much more possession, 64 to 36%. They were dominant. Unfortunately, they couldn't get uh, the goals in the right net and had to settle for a point. Yeah, just a disappointing game, um, I would say, for Man U. Southampton didn't really look the greatest in that as based on the stats that you read off it. You just kind of kept thinking that Man U was going to eventually take the lead and, and win the game. That didn't happen. I think I took them in the first half. And then also when they were down at halftime, I still took them to win the game. That did not come through. That was one of my big losing games on the weekend. So definitely disappointing. Uh, as a Man U fan, you, you'd like to see them come out the gates a little hotter. And, uh, you know, hopefully that can happen next week. Our next game on Sunday morning, we saw Wolverhampton take on Tottenham. Tottenham won 1 0, plus 130 on the money line. J Bone, this was one of your other best bets on the weekend. Ended up splitting 1 1, but the Tottenham plus 130, uh, that extra, you know, positive money coming in over the juice. Uh, tell us about this Tottenham game. Yeah, Tottenham did well. They were able to get the result, three points on the road. Now, if you waited until kickoff, the odds did jump to about 150, 160 on some sport books. Because Um, Mr. Harry Kane was not in the starting lineup. Exactly. Harry Kane was missing this match. He did get some time at the end of the match. Think about 20 minutes at the end, but... uh, was very unproductive. He actually picked up a yellow in the 20 minutes he played. But overall, great match by Tottenham. Uh, Deli Alley scored on a penalty kick. Um, Son did well. Of course, he's always active. Now, Wolves, two matches in a row, they've had more goal attempts, 25 to 8 this time. I think it, they had 14 in the second half last time. They just can't score goals. Can't get the job done. Yeah, Wolves really struggling on offense. That was one of the one of the the topics that we talked about, you know, before the season started, and it's really come into fruition pretty early. I know 
I had a couple of winning bets on this game. I took the under at minus 150. And I also took, once again, both teams to score no, which came in quite nicely. Uh, it, it did get a little nerve-wracking when Tottenham had scored. I, I think that penalty by, by uh, Mr. Alley was pretty early in the game and I was sitting on there on Twitter just saying park the bus park the bus I'm, I'm rooting for no goals <laughs> I remember here. that I'm rooting for no goals but it was awesome uh the one play on the game you know it was your best bet and I actually didn't play it myself so that tells you how smart of a a, a gambler I am um it was nice to see that come through um yeah. a good result for the podcast good result for a lot of people out there and another impressive win for Tottenham Absolutely. Best bets three and one on the year so far. We'll probably keep throwing out two a week, but if there's more that uh, spark our interest, we might up the number. So, so far, so good. 75%. Yeah. Quality. Our next game, it was the kind of prime time-ish slate on Sunday. We saw Arsenal taking on Chelsea. Chelsea defeated Arsenal two nothing. Minus 125 on the money line. They covered the goal line. It was minus a half and minus 150. Silly how how different the odds are there. Um, But the under came in at minus 125. J-Bone, you had mentioned that you really liked Chelsea in the side. We obviously had to keep our eyes peeled for the lineups, uh, for our, especially for Arsenal. And we did find out a little bit more clarity on the situation with the Arsenal players. A lot of them were missing because of COVID protocols. Yeah. COVID protocols. We thought originally a disagreement with uh, Mikel Arteta, but COVID protocol in effect, of course, uh, Everton was struggling with, struggling with it the past two weeks. So it's probably going to be an ongoing factor throughout this year. Interesting enough for Chelsea, Lukaku got the start. He got the nod. He did score a goal in the first half, 15 minutes in. I mean, it was a tap in. He, <laughs> uh, Lukaku, I, I think he's a great player. However, I absolutely think he's always in the right spot at the right time. He gets so many easy goals like Lewandowski that it's, it's, it's almost insane. Just to, if you watch a goal highlight tape, he's not breaking past people with breakaway speed. Often he's mostly just in the right place at the right time. A rebound hit finds his feet, finds his head. I mean, he's a finisher and he got the job done. Chelsea got the result three points. Yeah, he's he's definitely a finisher. I, I would argue that he could have easily had uh, at least the second goal, especially in that second half. There were a couple of times where he got a little uh, a little passive where he was trying to set up, you know, his new teammates and, and they couldn't convert when I feel like he could have just pulled the trigger and finished himself. Yeah, he's. Uh, I think he wanted to fit in with his new new squad. Havertz had some chances. Mount had some chances. I mean, Chelsea looked great. They had. Let's see. Let's pull it up here. Twenty two goal opportunities to six. They had possession sixty five to thirty five percent. They just absolutely dominated the match. And they were playing without Pulisic in the game too. <laughs> yep, absolutely. He was out. Uh, COVID. Another COVID 
protocol. Um, Abumian did not start. However, he did sub in. Lacazette did not play for Arsenal. Odegaard did get signed by Arsenal long-term, so he should be with the team next match. We'll see what happens with Arsenal, but uh, they're, they they have not looked good so far this year, and they have yet to pick up a point. Yeah, and I just wanted to add in, I, I did have the over of the game at two and a half. That was an epic loser. I was pretty bitter about that one actually because it definitely felt like either Chelsea could have scored a third goal in that second half they went up 2-0 in the first half and it did feel like Arsenal was threatening and they could they had opportunities to put the ball in the net so that didn't hit I also took um, both teams to score that didn't hit because Arsenal was unable to score, but like I said, I really thought that they uh, they had some good opportunities too, especially in the second half. Uh, moving on to then the very last game of week two, and it was quite a dandy. We saw West Ham defeating Leicester four to one, cashing as plus one sixty home. I guess they were slight favorites, but still. Big, nice little plus money there. The over of two and a half came in and West Ham covered on the goal line, minus a half. J-Bone, were you able to watch any of this one? Yeah, I watched it during work. I was, don't tell my boss, but uh, (laughs) I was able to watch it during work, working from home at the time. Uh, West Ham, very impressive. They scored first two matches. They scored four goals in each match. They were helped out by a red card pretty harsh red card if you ask me the Iose Perez he was pushed in and then lost his balance and then shoved into Fornells I think and he I don't know he, he absolutely cleated him in the shin in the ankle but a little bit harsh if you ask me um it helped West Ham though. They were able to pull away. They scored three goals in the second half. Did give up give up one, but uh great result. They're sitting atop the table right now. Yeah, quality result from West. Sorry, I was muted there for a second. Uh quality result from West Ham uh starting the year 2-0. Uh, I keep mentioning, you know, they're a team that's Tough to, you know, kind of get your finger on, but they've came out of the gates real hot, scoring goals, looking strong. Uh, you know, they finished in the, I believe that didn't they qualify for Europa this past season? I mean, they're, yeah, they're up six. there. They're up there again. I guess you can, you can make the argument. It's only two games in, but you can make the argument that if maybe there was a team to threaten those top four and sneak their way in, potentially it could be West Ham this season. Yeah, since the second half of last season, West Ham's been on absolute fire. They they look great. They they seems like there's no stopping them now. And Antonio scoring goals. I didn't think he was a great nine when they moved him to striker position, but he keeps getting the job done and scoring goals. That's what matters most. Yeah, he put up a lot of fantasy points in that game. All right, so that'll just about uh, put a bow on week two uh, for the pod in, in terms of betting. You know, it was it was a mixed bag. There were some some good picks. There were some winners. There was some 
some not so good bets on my end, but you know, we move forward, we move on, we go to week three. The first game that we are going to break down on week three is the very first one of the weekend. Early on Saturday morning, Manchester City taking on Arsenal at Etihad Stadium in Manchester. Man City is minus 360 on the money line. Arsenal plus 950. Road dogs, huge dogs. The draw is plus 525. Over under of two and a half. Goal line, Man City minus a half at minus 120. J-Bone, does Arsenal stand much of a chance here? I know they they actually had a good showing in the game today in the EFL Cup, but do they have anything for Man City in this matchup? So every year I always have to laugh at Arsenal fans. Not with you guys, not at you guys, but I should say with you guys. They every year they start the table at the very top strictly because of their name starts with an A Arsenal. And unfortunately, this year they have fallen to 19th right off the bat. They've gone from first to 19th just because of their terrible performances. And I don't see that coming to an end this go around. Man City won 5 0 against Norwich on Saturday they were absolutely dominant. Now there's reports that Ronaldo might be transferred over from Juventus. That would be a very interesting move. Big news. <laughs> That's big news. Yeah. It came out that it official Harry Kane going to be staying at Tottenham, but Ronaldo has interest in going to Man City. Let's just, uh, you know, throw it out there. If Cristiano Ronaldo goes to Man City, is it g- absolute game over for Man City this year? Is it, Does no team, you know, can even touch them? Or does, you know, the difficulty of playing in the Premier League, which is definitely a tougher league than, you know, the Italian League or the French League, or even the Spanish league that I think Ronaldo's played in all those leagues, but um, yeah, I, I mean, what, what does that mean for Man City if Ronaldo does in fact decide to come to Manchester? Yeah, that'd be very interesting. He, I mean, he's a great player. I, I love him. He's uh, he's one of the best players of all time. He, he's a great guy, all, all around guy, but uh you're right. You're right. EPL, English Premier League, that's a much tougher league. Lukaku, I mean, made it look easy with his first match last weekend, but uh, it's a tough league and a lot of guys struggle finding success in it. So right now, Man City is the small, our small favorites to, I think they're plus 200 for an, as the new team for Ronaldo to land with. It would be very interesting. You know, he's, Man City's a powerhouse. We talked about it the past few podcasts. They're looking for a goal scorer. He might be the answer. He might be the guy they're looking for. But t- talking more so about the team currently, they looked great last week. 5 nothing. They absolutely dominated. Now, Arsenal, their team they're facing, I think you mentioned they're plus 950. 950, that's, yes. That's, 950. That's huge. That's terrible. 
That's hard pass on that 950 on the road. It makes sense. I'm actually surprised they're not bigger underdogs, but uh, they did actually have a nice result today in the cup match. They beat West Brom 6-0. Aubameyang started. He scored a hat trick, I think in about 60 minutes. Lacazette then came off the bench. He scored a goal right at the end. Some interesting stats that I found. Man City actually won. 10 of the last 11 head-to-head matches Wow! Uh, between the two teams. Kind of crazy, if you ask me. Yeah, that is pretty wild. I mean, they have they have dominated the league the last couple of seasons, and, you know, Arsenal has not been playing to the, the best of their potential. Um, there doesn't really seem to be a whole a whole lot to, to wager on in this game. Um I was kind of thinking maybe the over of two and a half. Uh, if if Man City is indeed rolling, you got to think that they're going to be able to score two, possibly even three, get that on their own. Oh. I guess it comes down to would Arsenal be capable of scoring in this game? Man City gave up some chances week one. They gave up not many chances this past week against Norwich. I don't think, honestly, Arsenal will get one this time around. I mean, it's possible. It's absolutely possible. Man City should dominate possession. Man City should have majority of the chances. They're playing at home. They it was the over. Over two and a half is minus 175. That's juiced up pretty high, but I think it's worth it. Man City playing at home. They're going to dominate possession, get a ton of goal-scoring opportunities. The, the over should should hit fine. I would not touch the money line, even though Man City's a, a lock. Right. I I feel like you you here's a game where you could play the goal line, the minus one and a half. The the juice is only minus one twenty. Um, I never prefer to pick a team to win by more than one. I I mean, so often are there just one goal games. Um, it's always a little bit more difficult to to call like a two plus. Uh, result so I think personally I'll probably be staying away from this game but um, it should be an exciting one and I'm interested to see if maybe Arsenal did slightly turn a corner and if they can at least put up a little bit of a fight against City yeah it'll be interesting of course there's going to be a DraftKings showdown right away Saturday morning there's some guys I have my eye on there's Nicholas Pepe, he's a wing attacker. He takes majority of the set pieces. Absolutely, from a DraftKings perspective, have my eyes on him. Guys, when they play Man City, they're normally priced lower than lower than normal. They're they have a low a low salary point, so they're easier to hit their floor. However, Man City dominates possession. But of course, soccer takes one chance, one opportunity. You can score a goal on the counterattack. With that said, Pepe, love love Pepe this week, especially if Aubameyang and Lacazette get some time. And in regards to Man City, Gundogan, we talked about him last week's podcast. He was questionable with a shoulder injury. I honestly didn't think he was going to play. He ended up playing majority of the match last time, if not all of it. And he took all the most of the set pieces. He took, uh, I think, 
about 90% of the set pieces. With that said, Gundogan, Mares, both great options this week for Man City. Pete said it. The spreads one and a half minus one twenty. The overs two and a half minus one seventy five. Man City should be getting goals. You're just going to want to be on the right goal score. Yeah, great stuff. All right, let us move to our next game. We have Aston Villa taking on Brentford. This is part of the main slate on DraftKings on Saturday morning. They are playing in Villa Park in Birmingham. Villa is even on the money line at home. The draw plus 270 and Brentford is plus 270 on the road. Over under two and a half, over slightly juiced up to minus 120. And Villa is favored on the goal line, minus a half, and that is even. J-Bone, that Aston Villa team, they're in a spot again at home, coming off of a win. Is this a good opportunity for them to get their second win of the season? Absolutely. I'm all over them. I like them at home. Danny Ains had a sick bicycle kick last week. Sick. That was was pretty. That was a pretty goal. Absolutely gorgeous. (laughs) That was awesome. You don't see that every day, a possible goal of the year candidate right off the bat. But, uh, I mean, even this past, during the week, they yesterday they played a team called Barrow. They're a lower-level English side. There's a guy named Cameron Archer, 20 years old, Dan, so Danny Eanes didn't play this week in uh, the EFL cup match. This Cameron Archer played the nine position. He played striker where Danny Eanes normally plays. He had a hat trick. He scored early and often. And that position, the nine position, absolutely seems like for Villa, they're going to get goals. And if they're not going to get goals, they're going to get shots off. They're going to get tons and tons of opportunities. With that said, love Danny Eanes this week. think he's an absolute great option. And Villa at home. They are playing Brentford. We've given Brentford a ton of credit. But I think they're due for uh, an off game. They've had two great, great matches. They've secured four points already in the season. I think they're eighth in the table. But I truly think Villa gets this match at home, gets the three points. So Brentford has actually basically pitched two shutouts here, two clean sheets to start the season. Uh, you think that that trend stops right here with a Villa win? Unfortunately for Brentford, yeah, I have to say it. Villa, they're too high-powered of an offense. They they generate way too many opportunities for Brentford to, to keep their attackers quiet. So should be a high-scoring match. I'd think Brentford gets one here Villa might get two or three on a DFS side can you throw out just a couple of names for you know people to keep their eye on and consider playing if they are in fact in the lineup this weekend definitely so set piece takers we noted it before always on DraftKings you're going to want to look see who takes set pieces see if their price point is for the week Buendia, Manuel Buendia, and Canos for Brentford. Those are the main set piece takers. You're going to probably want Buendia in this match. He's He takes a lot of set pieces. Danny Eanes, he has targets to aim towards. 
he he's probably going to get an assist at least one this week uh, um on the brentford side of things we talked about canos he takes set pieces i'm waiting for ivan tony to score his first epl goal i think at, at the top of my head he scored 37 last year in the championship he's he's a great striker he He's a great goal scorer, similar to Lukaku, but honestly has more pace than Lukaku. He, he's, he's bound to score a goal sooner rather than later. This might be an opportunity for him. Ivan Tooney, name to watch this week. Yeah, this is definitely, um, you know, on paper, it seems like a very exciting game to watch. Uh, definitely will keep our eyes on that. Um, I probably will absolutely jump on the Villa money line, even money right now. Um, I just like the potential that they bring and as good, you know, as we said that Brentford has been this season, I'm going to jump on board Villa at home, even book it. So moving to our next game, also on the main slate on Saturday, we have Norwich City. Bet you didn't think we would talk about this one. Norwich City taking on Leicester. Norwich is plus 425 at home. Leicester minus 140 on the road. The draw plus 280. Leicester is favored on the goal line minus a half, minus 140. Over under two and a half, juice the over minus 135. And I have to add, they are playing at Carroll Road in Norwich. J Bone, what do you have to say about this one? I think this match is very interesting. On paper, Leicester City, they're the better team, they have the better players, they're a great squad, they're a decent team. They were screwed last week with the red card, but. Honestly, I don't mind Norwich at all. Norwich, they won a cup match versus Bournemouth the other day, I think yesterday, 6-0. 6-0, you don't, you don't always see that many goals in a soccer match. They, they, this match may have given them confidence. The American, Josh, Josh Sargent, scored a couple goals. He added an assist in the second half. This may be the confidence Norwich needs to secure their first point or points of the season. Now, Leicester say we talked about it. Harsh, harsh decision last week. The red card on Iose Perez. It was, it was pivotal. It was crucial to their loss versus West Ham. They generated two shots in the first 40 minutes of the match. Much of nothing afterwards. Uh, I honestly think Norwich has a great chance this week to secure a result at home. Yeah. And if you, it, it, it's really kind of a contrarian play here. Uh, Norwich, they've, they've looked borderline awful the first two weeks. We sat here saying that they stood no chance in either of those two games. And then funny how the tides turn. It's a week later and they, they actually look like a possible, Great underdog pick. I mean, they're sitting here plus 425 at home. The draw is plus 280. Uh, you can take them on the goal line plus a half at plus 120. Um, man, that plus 425 is looking pretty out there. Do they stand a chance to win the game? Lester, you know, coming off that disappointing 
uh, road game on Monday against West Ham, the tough red card. Uh, they didn't get many shots off in the game either. Vardy didn't play very well. Um, it just feels like a good spot to take a stab on the home dog and possibly reap the, the nice little payout from it. I'm all for it. Absolutely for it. Now, truly, I'm probably not going to touch the plus 425 money line on Norwich too much, if any. Oh, but I, I probably will. <laughs> oh, we all know you will. <laughs> but I absolutely love the goal spread. I'm going to make that one of my best bets this week. Goal spread, Norwich at home. We've talked about it. The home teams have dominated so far in the year. The I'm going to make it Norwich plus a half goal spread. The goal spread right now is plus 120 at home Norwich goal spread. That's one of my best bets this week. I like it. I like it a lot. I'll probably be throwing something on the on the money line and probably a little something on the draw too. You can play it that way as well and, you know, be getting a better payout. So moving on, let's jump ahead to Sunday morning. We have Tottenham taking on Watford, of course, at, I got to find it here, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in London. Uh, We have Tottenham minus 255 at home. They're the second biggest home favorites on the weekend. Watford plus 750 on the road. The draw plus 370. Tottenham minus one and a half on the goal line is actually a plus 135. And the over under of two and a half juiced up a little bit to the over at minus 125. J-Bone, what do you think about this game? Especially now, I th- can we say with certainty that Harry Kane will be in the lineup for this game? Can we can we finally feel confident that we're going to see him start? He should be. He absolutely should be. I was looking at the match notes last uh, the other day, and he said they said that he didn't start due to fitness. I don't necessarily think it was fitness. He's, I mean, he played in the Euros for England this summer. He. He's a pretty fit guy overall, but I honestly don't think he was fitness. I think it was the saga. It was the transfer saga. It it had to be. It had to be. (laughs) The possibility of being transferred over to Man City, now that that's over with, now that he's securely with Spurs, he's got to be starting. They've gotten two results early in the season, both 1-0 wins. Solid results, solid performances Uh, one was against man city at that i think with kane in the lineup they get the job done fairly easy honestly don't want to discuss this matchup too much tottenham should dominate it especially if kane's in the lineup yeah tottenham um they feel like they should be a fairly easy uh winner here um not really sure how to play that betting wise minus two 55 you could throw in you know if you're a parlay fan you can team them up with someone else shit you can even throw them together with man city and you know that's not a bad little two-teamer there um otherwise i guess you could take them on the goal line but again you know you got to win by by two goals at least always a little difficult um i'll definitely have our eyes on this one and um any any potential dfs plays in this one though 
DFS, DFS side of things, Tom Cleverly, he takes set pieces for Watford. He isn't the biggest name in the EPL. He <laughs> isn't the most flashy player, but he, he generates points and he should probably be quite low from a salary standpoint. Tom Cleverly from Watford, I'll probably play him just because there's a higher floor. You don't um, have to lie. Tom Cleverly is a rather boring player, <laughs> but he's a, but he's a steady player. He, you know, he, he's a good role player on the team. Oh yeah, definitely. He's been around, honestly, think quite a few EPL teams and championship division. He's been around for quite a while, but uh, he's, he gets the job done. He knows what his role is and he takes care of that role from Tottenham side of things. I love Sun. Sun's my favorite player, of course. He he's a workhorse. He he takes free kicks, set pieces. Did not take the PK the other day. That was Deli Alley. Uh, I was kind of surprised to be honest. But Sun, I lock him in almost every slate, especially if he's playing at home. Set piece taker. If Kane comes back, I prefer Sun to Kane. I like it. And just to add in, I, I, I did look it up. Tom Cleverly is 31 years of age. He seems like one of those guys that's been around for 20 years. You can definitely classify him as a veteran in the league now. Let's jump forward uh, to the last game on Sunday that we're going to talk about. Wolverhampton taking on Manchester United. The game being played at Molinux Stadium in Wolverhampton. I don't think I'm saying that name correctly, but, you know, it is what it is. Man U, minus 135 road favorites. Wolverhampton, plus 400 at home. The draw, plus 275. Man U, minus a half a goal on the goal line, minus 135, and over under two and a half is sitting the over minus 115. J-Bone, what do you think about this game? Interesting match. We talked about it previously. Wolverhampton, they they are going to struggle to find goals this year. They started the season 0 Zero one results in both the first two matches, so they've yet to secure a point. I mean, they've looked decent offensively, but no goals generated. Adama Traore is possibly getting moved to Tottenham. He's gonna want to show out, he's gonna want to put out a great performance this week. Man United, we talked about last week, they are similar to Wolves in the fact that they generated quite a few goal scoring opportunities however were unsuccessful with scoring many of those opportunities they scored one against Southampton back-to-back road matches this might be a tough match for Man United personally I lean their route uh, their way as small favorites on the road but quite frankly I prefer the under under would probably be my play here Wolves, solid defensive team, and let's see, under under two and a half minus one oh five. I that's where my money's going. Okay, that is very interesting. Uh, you know, the man U team, we've kind of struggled to get a you know a true grasp 
on them. Um, they've had some different pieces in and out of the lineup, still waiting for a couple of those big name signings to, to get out there and start playing consistently. We've been all over Wolverhampton struggling this year. Uh, two games, no goals, but they've had a ton of opportunities. Like you said, um, it seems like a real a troublesome spot for Man U potentially here. I think going into the last game, I originally had said against Southampton, it felt like a little bit of a trap game. It turned out to be a trap game there as they, as they drew. This game kind of has a similar feel to that. Yeah, very similar feel, similar to the Norwich. Wolves are at home. These home teams have been dominant so far this season. I would not be surprised if Wolves steal a point. They get their first point of the season, but uh, it's a tough task. Man United's a great team. They've got solid players. Pogba's playing outstanding this season. Yeah, he's phenomenal. I'll be very interested to watch this. I like the under, but honestly probably won't have much on it. Just from a viewing perspective, absolutely interested in watching. Yeah, that should be a really good one. Um, I might stay away from that one as well. Uh, it's Man U, though, so you never know. I might get sold in on them once again, but I, I don't really prefer the spot. I would like to see Man U be clicking a little bit more on all cylinders, um, especially when you know that the Wolves team has been struggling to score and, you know, man, man, you, I should say, they haven't looked exactly pristine on the defensive side of the ball. Can't agree more. They, I think they're missing Veron. We talked about Veron, big off season signing. He's joined the team, but he's yet to play a minute so far. I'll be interested to see when they finally get some time. Um, Paul Pogba, we talked about, he's played outstanding this year. He had three assists last season and already has five assists in the two matches so far in 2021-2022 season. Kind of crazy. He's he's ready for a breakout performance. Yeah, Pogba has been amazing. I think he had four of those assists in that first game when they put up the five goals. Um, I don't, I don't, foresee them having that high power offensive attack in this one, but you know, you never know. So that'll kind of wrap up on, you know, the game by game breakdown. There is the biggest game on the weekend that we didn't touch on that. We did want to save for the end. I don't think either of us really have a good read on this at all, but it is by far the best game on paper. And hopefully, you know, for everyone's viewing eyes, it turns out to be a dandy. I'm sure a lot of people will want to be playing this game in DFS on the showdown slate on Saturday in primetime. It is Liverpool taking on Chelsea. At Anfield in Liverpool, we have Liverpool at home, plus 145. Chelsea on the road at plus 190. The draw is plus 250. Over under of two and a half is slight a little bit to the under, minus 115. 
And then again, Liverpool on the goal line minus a half a goal. J-Bone, this is the showdown of all showdown. Two of the top four teams in the EPL. Give us a little preview of this, Dandy. Definitely. Saturday night slate, it's, uh, well, night in England. It's uh, 11.30 Central Time for us here in America. We do have to we do have to clarify that for all of our uh, United Kingdom <laughs> listeners out there. Exactly, nighttime match. They, it'll be a great match at that. Liverpool playing at home. We've touched on it numerous times already. These home teams have been dominant. Liverpool has been dominant so far this season. Chelsea, they Lukaku played his first match last last week. He scored a goal. He looked great out there. I'll be interested to see his second performance. I don't think he'll get a goal this time around. I prefer Liverpool at home, but uh, very interested to see this match. And like you said, from a fantasy DFS perspective, absolutely have interest here. Yeah, a lot of options. You got to think that there's there's just going to be a lot of passing, a lot of crosses in this game. So, you know, definitely on DK, you're going to want to play the – Guys, um, you know, crossing the ball into the box. Uh, who who are we looking at for uh, set piece takers in this one? Set piece takers. So Liverpool uses a couple guys. They have Trent Alexander-Arnold. He's their right back. He takes the majority of the set pieces. He crosses the ball a ton. He's very efficient with those crosses. The other set piece taker is their left back. Tomiscus, I think that's how you pronounce his name. He's a solid player, lefty. He crosses the ball quite often, but not as often as TAA. He's a good player. He got an assist last week. Overall, those are two guys I'd have my eyes on. Wingbacks for Liverpool, great options. Chelsea side of things, I, it's tough. It's tough. Lukaku was who's going to be in the lineup for Chelsea. Sorry to cut you (laughs) off there, but like, I think for Chelsea, that that's really is, you know, important. Um, They got Lukaku's a veteran player, but outside of him, they have kind of a young squad. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Lukaku, great player. He's he's goal scorer. He was extremely high priced last week. I'll be interested to see how high his price is this week on the road as small underdogs. I I don't know from a DFS perspective, maybe Mount Mount's going to be extremely pricey. Um, I really have my eyes on Liverpool's crossers, the set piece takers, goal scorers. I probably prefer Salah than Mane. Chelsea, I don't, I don't really know where to go with Chelsea. Maybe Marco Alonso. He's he's a solid player, wing back, left back. Uh, Reese James actually performed very well. He was optimal captain last week. Yeah, in their how about that? How about that in the captain spot? <laughs> My guy Jay Bone sitting here telling me, "I'll play Reese James in the captain spot." Thank you. I think he scored what fifty some points at least. Uh, at times one and a half captain spot uh yeah amazing he was he was an absolute must own yeah reese james honestly so overall the outside the wingbacks for both these teams very solid plays taa is gonna have his hands full there he's gonna have to play more defense than he wants to 
it might just come down to the midfielders, the the guys getting the ball and trying to set up those opportunities for their their strikers. So guys like Mason Mount, I think is worth a shot. Think uh, worth a dart throw. I love it. I'll definitely be playing that showdown slate. Um, you know, from from a betting side of, of who to take there, you mentioned, you know, maybe you would lean Liverpool. I think if I had to make a play, that's probably the same way that I would go. Um, I wouldn't feel too too confident in Chelsea securing, you know, a road win, an outright win here. Um, I, if anything, the draw seems like, you know, maybe not a bad play plus two fifty. That, that is the highest payout. Um, it seems like a, a very likely outcome though here. Um, but yeah, I would say gun to my head. I would go with Liverpool in this game in terms of, of, of pace and how many goals there could be though, when these like two great teams play each other do we see offense shine more or does the defense come a little bit more into play i you know it's always a tough read here very tough read that's why we didn't want to make it a best bet of any kind it's yeah it's tough to say honestly it kind of seems how early on in the season they are where Earlier on in the season, teams are willing to take risks. They're willing to push players forward more often in these big matches. Whereas later in the season, when they're really fighting for places, Champions League spots, Europa spots, possibly winning the table, winning EPL, that's where teams get a little bit more complacent. They sit back a little bit more and aren't really willing to risk it. Um, so absolutely early on in the season, early match week three, this is think this has goal scoring potential written all over it, possible over I'd look into. I, I like Liverpool just because they're the home team, but Chelsea, Chelsea might get a goal here. So this one could have two, one Liverpool written all over it. You're saying it's almost, it's, it's almost like if, if the game were to be played maybe later in the season when it's, uh, you know, gets a little bit colder out to, you know, playing a little uh, more passive, maybe the draw would be a better scenario in that outcome with it being early in the season. You got to think that both of these teams are going to want to come out and make a statement here to prove that they are the better side, you know, versus one another two teams, you know, competing in the top four of the league here. Yeah. My thoughts. Exactly. got to give the, the home team a little bit of an edge in that regard. Liverpool is probably the better team. If you put these two on paper, they've been together the longest. They've, have the most chemistry in that regard. I, I lean Liverpool, but like you said, two to one, three, two high scoring line, this match. Okay. So maybe, maybe a Liverpool, maybe an over, uh, you know, as always, we'll have to kind of wait and see what the lineups are going to bring. And that uh, is, is Pulisic going to play? Do we know? Is he still out um, because of the, the COVID scenario? I don't know. I think they I'm have 10 sure. days, 14 days. I'm not sure exactly. I like you said, I'd take a look at the Lions before it, anything for this one. Yeah, this seems this game starts, you know, our time here at 1130. It seems like one wait till 1127 to to make your pick and, you know, 
just wait till the last second and throw out whatever the hell you want to on this one and just sit back and enjoy. It's going to be a good one. Uh, like we said, it should be the best game on paper and, and hopefully it proves to be. So let's just kind of quick mention the other games that we didn't, you know, go in depth on. Um, we got Brighton taking on Everton. Brighton is plus 140 at home. Everton plus 210 on the road. Over of two and a half is juiced to the under at minus 145. Now we got Brighton, who's 2-0 on the year. Everton, they have four points. Everton's looked pretty strong in this one. Uh, this seems like a pretty even matchup. Yeah, can't agree more. Everton, I might lean just because they're on the road. They're a solid squad. They did fine on the road last week against uh, Leeds. All from a betting perspective, I'll be staying away, honestly. The, no great read on this one. Yeah, there doesn't feel to be. I mean, it's two teams that looked pretty strong to start the year. Um, kind of sit back. L- let's see, you know, which of these two kind of prevail here. Um, I guess if you do like the Everton side, you can, you know, play Everton money line and the draw again and still get more than one to one on your money would be better than Everton plus a half, which is minus 155. Let's go to the next game. We got Newcastle taking on Southampton. Newcastle is plus 155 at home. Southampton plus 170 on the road. The draw plus 250. One of those classic games where the money lines for the teams to win are pretty equal. Uh, It feels like a fairly equal game. I have absolutely no read on this whatsoever. (laughs) Can't agree more. Uh, No read. Newcastle, they're the home team. I don't know how much I trust Newcastle. They gave up four goals week one. They gave up two goals week two against Aston Villa. I just don't really trust them from a defensive standpoint. You would think the over would hit here, but I I don't know. I would pass on this one altogether. Just uh, too early in the season. We don't really know what Newcastle has to offer. Southampton has some new guys. Adam Armstrong, he he looked very solid last week against Man U. I'll be interested to watch it, see if I can get a read better in the future, but uh, I'll pass on this one as well. Yeah. Then also on the main slate on Saturday, West Ham taking on Crystal Palace, the 2-0 West Ham, minus 175 at home. Crystal plus 525 on the road. The draw is plus 310. Over under of 2.5 is minus 115 to the over. Seems like a spot that West Ham should win here, but again, they always just feel like a team. Ah, it's hard to kind of trust them. Um, they're doesn't seem to be a whole lot of value in taking them at minus 175 at home. Crystal has not looked very good at all this year. Um, Yeah. What do you think about this one? I agree with you completely. Again, the West Ham, they're hard to trust. I mean, they've been great since the second half of last season that started this season. Yeah. At what point do we, at what point do we say they're hard to trust? And then you actually do start (laughs) trusting them, you know? Yeah. Quite frankly, I'd prefer them at a plus money rather than minus 175. I think the minus 175 is a little bit steep for a team that's 
uh, hard to trust, quite frankly. But uh, yeah, I mean, they should win. You said it. They absolutely should win. They're playing at home. Big advantage there. I mean, they should win. I If they win or will they win? I don't know. I think it's a closer matchup than expected. Yeah. And then speaking of close matchups, we have the very last game. It is Burnley taking on Leeds United. This is on Sunday at 8 a.m. Burnley is plus 210 at home. Leeds plus 130 on the road. The draw is plus 260. Over under of two and a half. Over is minus 130. And then again, we got Leeds on the goal line minus a half at plus 130. Honestly, I, it, I kind of like the Burnley side a little bit in this game home team, two to one. Uh, you can play maybe a Burnley at home and also play the draw there. Uh, I'm not quite sure why Leeds is uh, like the quote unquote favorite in this game on the road. They've really haven't shown much of anything. Not like Burnley has either, but can you give me a little justification as why Leeds would be looked at as kind of the favorite here? Yeah, they had an interesting result last week. They tied Everton 2-2 at home. I think they were lucky. Leeds were absolutely lucky to secure a point at home there. Everton outplayed them for much of the match. They It was interesting. Leeds had 70% possession, but Everton had more goal-scoring opportunities. It it was kind of surprising that Leeds did have that much possession that they were able to secure the result, the one point for their side. I agree with you. Burnley is not a bad side at all. What's interesting about this match is it's two contrasting styles. You have Leeds who likes to play open. They like to press offensively. They like to play more direct. Burnley on the other side of things they like to sit back and play counterattacking style. Dwight McNeil, they take advantage of their set pieces with Westwood and Chris Wood, Ashley Burns, Barnes, I should say. They're, they're solid side, and it's just going to be a very interesting matchup. Contrasting styles. I, I mean, I said it before, I said it again. I have to favor the home side a little bit. Nick Pope in goal, he's he's legit. He's extremely solid in goal. He he might be able to leads to a clean sheet, but uh, it'll be an interesting match to watch. Yeah, and I you know I feel like I'm I'm leaning towards the Burnley side here a little bit. They they played in the EFL Cup game today against Newcastle. I actually had a little bit on Burnley, but also the draw. The draw came in, and then Burnley ended up winning in penalty kicks. I just thought it was interesting to note. It seemed like Burnley was – they were playing a lot of their good players. Wood was playing, Jay Rodriguez, you mentioned McNeil. They were all out there. Uh, Nick Pope didn't play. Uh, They they played the good old uh, Hennessy in goal, but um, I thought that that was a positive result for them, and I think that they can piggyback – you know, the quick turnaround, you know, on Sunday against the Leeds team. Yeah, quite possible. It was against Newcastle today, uh, the penalty kick win. They, uh, both teams, honestly, they both brought most of their starters, their star 11 guys. 
a great result, something to build off of. We talked about it already. Norwich, we they had a great result in the EFL Cup. We think some of these results are going to carry over to the Premier League this weekend. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, maybe it's not both teams that end up winning. Maybe it's just one of those teams. And with those teams being such high, you know, plus odds at home, you know, you you get one of them to win and you're sitting there looking at a profit. So definitely um, a lot of exciting action in week three. Um, that'll kind of just about do it for our game by game uh, preview. Why don't you hit the people with your best bets for week three? Best bets. We labeled one of them already. It was the Norwich plus half goal spread plus 120. I think they have a great shot this week. It's a very contrarian play, but uh, absolutely love Norwich this week. The second best bet is Aston Villa plus 100 money line at home against Brentford. We touched on them a little bit. They're, they've been scoring goals, and Brentford has kept Arsenal and Crystal Palace off the scoreboard their first two matches. I don't think that's going to stay this week. Aston Villa at home, Norwich at home. I like both of those squads this week. Those are my two best bets. Yeah, I love it. I love both of those. I'll definitely be on both of those. And like I said, I'll probably be hitting that Norwich plus 425 money line. I'll probably play the draw as well. Um, I've said that's kind of the way I like to approach some of these soccer games. If you can get two of the three outcomes at each, you know, two to one or more odds, I like that. Um, let's just kind of hit on a couple of things that we threw out there. We we said we weren't making a pick in Liverpool, but it sounded like we kind of liked Liverpool there. And, um, you know, maybe some goals in that one. Uh, what else do we like here? I threw out the Burnley at the end. I think that's a nice little possibility. You threw out the under of the Man U Wolves game. And I believe that's just about it. Touched a little bit on the Man City Arsenal over. I mean, two and a half. That's right. Yep. 75. It's a little bit juiced up, but uh, you could even look at both teams to score. I don't know what the odds are for both teams to score, but it's got to be better odds than the minus 175. I think Arsenal might get one this week. Yeah, I would say that would definitely be better than the minus 175. I think in the last game when I took that bet of Arsenal and Chelsea, I want to say it was minus 135, and that was with Arsenal at home. You got to think them on the road against a heavily favored Man City team that you might even see that bet be plus money. I would definitely think that that's a strong possibility, like a plus 120 or something like that. 